Good morning. This is Welcome to Mad Cow Talks Politics. So today, <laughs> I'm a little couple days late on this one, but uh, so I guess AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, came down with COVID after being fully up to date on all of her vaccinations and boosters and all that shit being so for wearing a mask and social distancing and all that basically within the same week that she was sighted and photographed down in Florida without a mask not social distancing, partying it up in the state that she highly criticized DeSantis for his <laughs> his uh let's say, rules for the COVID. So, this, like, high queen of the left fucking tells people to do one thing, goes to a state that she criticizes and bitches about, and then catches COVID. (laughs) And she's like, but still go get your vaccine, social distance, mask, all that. Doesn't admit she did anything fucked up. (coughs) It's, uh... This is why, this is why, this is why. There's so much hypocrisy. Nobody wants to listen, this is why nobody wants to listen to the, to the shit anymore. Every time some big head honcho, some big personality big character in the media or in politics gets up on a soapbox and tells everybody else what they should be doing or how they should be living their life and then they're spotted someplace breaking their own rules not setting an example this is why nobody wants to listen to them anymore I guess the public backlash is there's a lot of people very that normally follow everything AOC says are starting to catch on. She's full of shit, which you know tends to happen when you have you know what 60 million followers and they <laughs> some of them have a brain. But that's just the highlight of the day. That's just the highlight of the day. Because after that, I started thinking about all these kids. I saw I saw this. I don't remember where I was watching it, but there was this program running where a bunch of like high schoolers, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds, that were all liberal and progressive and all that were basically debating older people that were mostly conservative. The funny thing is about this program is that, you know, the races were all over the place on both sides. So part of one dichotomy of it is that, you know, if and it seemed like the whole program was trying to show how like conservatives were just like out of the times and they weren't up to date on anything and they weren't they weren't inclusive or anything like that but yet 
they kind of failed right off the bat with that, considering it was like, you know, the conservatives were at like a, a middle-aged black guy, um, an Asian woman, like there was, there was a bunch of different people on both sides of it, so it was like, uh, y'all don't know, there was this, it was funny, there was this one guy, the kids were rattling off some talking points, kind of sounded like CNN, and I, the middle-aged black guy was like, how old are you? He's like, I'm 17. Oh, okay. Give yourself 20 years and you'll be in my seat. Basically just straight up said like that. And he's right. There is an aggregate where the older you get, the more conservative you get. There's a reason for that. Because you get the actual life experience. You know, kids nowadays are living in a bubble all the way through their college years. And if they actually do well in college and they get out and they get into the working world, they go into these workplaces that are now set up like little fucking bubbles where this is the reality. They don't actually get out on the ground, out in the street, down with actual common folk, the regular people, and see how things actually are. They don't experience the actual world. They experience the world through the lens of whatever they're told it is. And it's like, that's why, like, most conservatives, it doesn't matter what your race or your sex or your background, most conservatives are, you know, tradesmen. They're, 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 they're blue-collar workers. They're people that are on the ground that are talking to a bunch of different people every day, just trying to make, uh, make the best life they can for themselves and their families. They're out there. They're not in a bubble. You know, they're not protected and coddled from the world. They're exposed like a nerve. You know, you gotta research. I think that's like one of the main things that keeps me from going farther left than I am. Keeps me more centered is the fact that I see exactly how. Like I don't. I never want to be a full-on conservative. I never want to be full on one side because I think that's kind of like anti the point. You know you of looking at both sides, obviously. It's like, I can I could still probably be a conservative conservative and understand the position that, that people take on the Democratic side and even some of the ones on the left side, on the left. I'm trying to be careful with my definitions. But... I don't know. Sorry, I slept really good last night, so the yawns are real this morning. But, I don't know, man, it's, I don't, like when I heard those kids talk, it was really so eerie, because they all sounded, it all sounded like they were talking about how crazy the rights indoctrination was, but I'm like, you guys are literally all saying the exact same talking points. You're acting like, you sound like clones of each other. We're talking about indoctrination. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, they were talking, like, the exact same things all of them were saying over and over, and I'm like, dude, you guys are fucking brainwashed. And don't get me wrong, there's certain things there's certain things that, you know, it's whatever, brainwashed or not. Um, you know, like when you talk about 
Like there's just there's pieces of the puzzle missing from the things that they were saying. You know, when the whole like <clears throat> the policing thing was brought up, like especially the conserv- the black guy on the conservative side was like, you know, I mean, a lot of it is is that you know they don't comply. They try to give the cop attitude. It's like if you if a cop pulls you over and you're cool when you do everything he says, most of the time, 99% of the time, which is a real statistic actually, you're going to be fine. But if you sit there and try to give them lip, start getting getting pissy with them, don't show them your hands, especially don't keep your hands in invisible sight, then he's going to assume that something fucked up, fucking, is fucked up, that you're doing something wrong, and he's got to protect his life first. You know? So, and then the kids were all like, like, well, they have a right to be mad. They're over-policed. They're, un- they're, they're disproportionately arrested. It's like, you're missing some key points to that. Number one, the over-policing largely had to do with the black community leaders in those communities got sick of the drugs. They got sick of the gangs. Gangs is a big one. A lot of people like to point to the drugs and say, well, they made, they made, uh, they made, uh, oh, fuck, which one was it? One of the drugs really easily accessible, and they prosecute differently on it. Ah, oh, fuck, I can't remember. I know it's a variation of Coke. Whatever. You know what I mean? They, uh, they point to that all the time like it's a red herring or something. Like, <laughs> like see, they made this drug easily accessible, and then they sit there and they spread it out in the black communities. And, like it's a setup or something. It's like, you do realize that the gangs are the ones that actually distribute that for money and shit, right? A lot of the gangs do that. And if it isn't the gangs, the gang violence is still there, even without the drugs. They might just be buying the drugs, but they're still a part of a gang. It's part. That's the biggest reason why the black community leaders were like, hey, we need more policing to get rid of these, this shit. You know? Granted, that was like, what? A few decades ago, so nowadays kids are growing up and thinking that it's just the white pe- white man that's throw- throwing all the cops over there. Like, well, no, the black community leaders originally asked for more policing because they got sick of all the gang violence. So it's not like they weren't trying to work with us, you know what I mean, type of thing. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong, there's always going to be a bad apple, there's always going to be a few fucked up cops, there's always going to be a few systems that are that are still to this day probably set up and maintained for racist reasons, probably is, that's just a statistic, you have a country of 300 and some odd million people, you know, just in New York alone, I think the stats are over, over 300 million interaction with, with cops, on a year, yearly basis, I think it is, they said. 300 million interactions. That's insane of how many interactions they have with the cops. And overwhelmingly, most of them are fine. You have a very small percentage, under 1%, that go fucking, uh, fucking haywire. You know? So, I mean, it's not... It's like the law of average. You're never going to have a society where absolutely fucking everybody is perfect all the fucking time. It will never fucking happen when it comes to that shit. Don't get me wrong, okay? 
there are, I do think cops need to have more better, or better training, because even in my town, I've seen them be a little fucked up here and there, you know, I think they need to be held more accountable, I think the internal affairs needs to be completely independent and separate from everything else, I think they need to, that if there's going to be, <coughs> there has to be, everybody has to have fucking body cams, those body cams need to be linked up to, linked up to people probably in the dispatcher's office so that if something fucked up happens they can cue in and see a live feed you know constantly recording but they need a live feed of that shit just to watch to make sure everything's good so that just the fact that the officer knows that someone could be looking over their shoulder at any point in time live you know might keep them a bit more honest you know what I mean because there are some people that are fucked up but and they need training is a big thing. I mean, shit, people train six months in the military to go on deployment. Do you know why they train six months to go on deployment? Especially if they're going into into areas during peacetime just to be a presence. Because you're walking into villages where guys are holding AK-47s. They're not pointing them at you, but they're holding them. And it's like the natural reaction of anybody would be like, raise your weapon and tell them we'll drop the weapon. It's like, no, you can't do that. But you have to be always on. You always have to be ready in case somebody does pull it on you. You know? It's like you have to be de-escalatory constantly when you're overseas. And that's kind of how they should be here. But then you, with how short the training program is to weed out people, I've seen videos of cops like highly emotional and very, very freaking out and stuff, and it's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? How the fuck that out? You ain't gonna be like this, you know? But, yeah, I mean, it's, <coughs> excuse me, I don't want to sound like I'm like completely sympathetic to police, but like if you look at shit as a whole, man, it's like good fucking luck. I'd say because here's the thing, right? Like I, I, I honestly believe cops they should be from the areas they're policing. You know, like if in New York, it's like if you're a cop in Brooklyn, you should be from Brooklyn. You should live in Brooklyn. You know, and I've heard that argument many times. But I've also thought of something recently. I still believe they should be, but the only downside you're going to have is like, what happens if you bust a, if you walk into a, a crime scene, or you discover a crime scene next door to your own fucking house where someone had like, had like a baby in a microwave? Like, how is that going to hold up in your psyche, knowing that someone next door to you was that fucked up? You know, and if you have a wife and kids at home, it's like. You can't tell them that shit. Especially can't tell your wife, kids that shit. You're not going to tell your wife that shit. So that's something you got to hold on to. You know? That's some fucked up shit. Like, I, I've had friends that were cops. And they told me some horrible fucking stories. Like, you see the worst side of humanity. And it's for some reason, they're supposed to just be... I mean, it takes a special type of person to do that job and put up with it. You know, you, you can't you can't just throw anybody there because they really, really want to be there. No, you have to be able to mentally take care of yourself. 
You need to go to the shrink when, uh, when you need to go to the fucking shrink, okay? You need to get mental help if you see some fucked up shit. But, I mean, I <clears throat> one one fella I know, he took a few year, year break and he went working for retail. That's how I met him. <coughs> he was on his break from being a cop. That was because he, he ran into a crime scene that was uh, a little too much for him. And he had to uh, take him, put himself on a break and kind of get back to reality for a while. So he decided to, you know, ironically enough, he applied for applied for a, so what was it, a support manager position at the store I was at. He ended, they ended up giving, offering him an assistant manager position. <laughs> so he was like, oh, why, why not? That's almost as much money as I was making as a cop. So he goes and does that, you know, and he's a great guy. You know, I mean, that few year break really helped him. And then when he went back while he was on his break, when he started getting better, he looked for a, he took the proper courses, and now he's went up for detective, and he went back to be a detective, which was cool. I mean, more power to him. That was his dream, and it gave him an opportunity to do it. But the shit that he had to see and go through to actually get to that point was, uh, was pretty fucking bad. You know, it's like, and it's like one of those. <clears throat> Like, I want to switch gears for two seconds here because there's a lot of different ways things can be taken in society, right? A lot of different ways things can be taken. It's not just always cut and dry, right? So, like, uh, like say the, like the, when the people started saying Black Lives Matter. Well, the other people that started saying All Lives Matter, yes, some people were saying that because like well yeah obviously everybody fucking matters let's try to bring everybody to the same level here um I think it was Terry Crews made a really good point he's like if black lives matter then why are we still killing each other in Chicago by the dozens every weekend but we're not talking about that and I think it was fucking he was on CNN doing an interview with Don Lemon and Lemon was like, hey, "You want you want a movement to fight against that? Make up your own movement. This is that's not what this is about." And like Terry's face was just like, "What the fuck are you on, dude?" It's like this is the perfect opportunity to talk about that. Get kids out of fucking gangs and everything. I don't know. It's weird. It's like some people get so angry and so triggered by hearing the All Lives Matter thing. It's like it's all in your perception and how you see it. You know, like granted, it's not like. Uh, it's not like when it's kind of like I heard a comedian say it's like you know it's kind of like when someone says save the whales and then somebody else says well save all animals it's like well you know we don't have a problem with you know crows being shot out of the sky you know uh, beaten to death by you know random squirrels we don't have a problem with that right now and that's true (coughs) that's true but um, at the same time I also get the psychology of why you say all lives, because if people say all lives, it fights for people to be on the same page as everybody, you know? Um, If you say black lives, that gives some type of, like, they should be valued more, and that's where people get, that's where people lose conservatives in that, and I get that, too. 
it's like, but then again, it's people on the left, when they come up with shit like that, they're not worried about it. They don't care because they're like, well, they should be higher. You know, they, you know, everybody, all the minorities should be held higher than everybody else. Because, you know, it's all about power. It's not about competence to these people. None of these groups have ever had power, so they need to have power. Okay, so when they get power, because white people are going to be the minority in this country here in the next 20 years. When they finally get supreme power, when does it flip around to where white lives matter? Because now we have the problem. You know? It's not... It's part of the biggest argument that I've heard about, you know, people online being racist toward white people. And they they say, well, you can't be racist toward white people because people, white people have all the power. No, you can still be racist. You can still be a prick. You can still be a whatever to white people. Because, I mean, when does when does it flip? Eventually, it's going to be where white people are are oppressed just the, same, just the same way black people were. You know, if things keep on going. It's not going to balance out. It's going to shift hardcore over. It's just like when feminists when the uh, feminists started up, they had a great goal. They had a great goal: get everybody on the same page. Awesome. But then they would pat push past that, and now it's like so much shit is geared for women. Like women are graduating like mad from the from universities. Women are doing great everywhere across the board. Men though are slooping off men are falling off of everything you know so it's like somehow some way we overshot the goals and now men are actually starting to slide down you know and most feminists they're fine with that because it's like men have been in power for forever so i mean it's okay if they're down for a little bit and it's like well no if you're fighting for equality then the men that were in charge were forever weren't this generation so don't don't sacrifice a kid for the faults of his father type of shit, you know. But, you know, then again, the left man- mentality is that doesn't matter. The generational consequences come anyway. Just like in North Korea, it's like, hey, if your dad owned land eight generations ago, you're the shit of the earth now because you're related to that son of a bitch that owned land and kept his, you know, crop and his harvest for himself and his you know, people he sold it to instead of actually giving it out to everybody else. I don't know, but I've been rambling off here for a while. I guess I should, and it's always so hard to talk about some of this stuff because I don't, I don't want to sound like a white supremacist because I'm not. I would rather all of us be cool and on the same page because that's how I grew up. We were all too poor to worry about our race and our cl- and everything. It was a class issue, you know. The only time it ever came up, ironically enough, is when the cops were involved. But then again, the cops were dicks to me too when the cops were involved when I was a kid. And I say kid, like 16, 17, 18 people that I've met since then understood why a little bit better, you know. I was just, I I want, it would be so nice if the world was like that, but it's like, it seems like the richer you are, the more time you got to bitch and to worry about shit that doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) That's, That's literally what it seems like. Because all the people out there, like, most of the people, white kids out there protesting at all these 
rallies and everything, they're well off. You know, they're either their parents are well off, so they're well off, or you know, they're they're uh, making really good money at the jobs they're at. So it's like they're bored. You know, and this is another reason why I'll never go so far to the Democrat side or even to the left again. I'll never be over on that side again fully because some of these people go so far with it that they turn into racists themselves. You know, it's like the fuckers that, that were worried about the whole vote, calling the voter ID thing racist. Why? Because, and then you ask them why, they're like, well, you know, not all the DMVs aren't always in the, get, in the ghetto. First off, you assume all black people live in the ghetto. That's funny. Second, I mean, seriously, they assume that all the only black people live in the ghetto, for one. For two, black people go, they smoke and they drink and they and they need rolling papers. They need all that shit, just like every other race needs, right? So how do you get that? You need a state ID. You need a proof of, of age. That's what you need. And they card you. So obviously, they know where to go get it. They know they've gotten it. They've got gone down to the DMV. People got ID, yo. It's not a problem. But for some reason, you know, it's just like that, hell, that Black Lives Matter leader made the point when they did the vaccine mandates in New York. They were like, so they're saying it's racist to have voter ID because, what, we're not smart enough to find where the ID is? But we have to have an ID to do anything in town, and that's supposed to not be racist. It's fucking hypocritical all the way around. It's hypocritical all the way around. They never think about what they're doing. They just do things and hope it makes sense and nobody's paying attention. It's really fucking annoying. But this is why it's always a problem to govern anything solely based on emotion. You know, it's just like taking it back to AOC. The memorable press conference when she was talking about, you know, the... Legal asylees have committed no crime when they cross the border illegally. Um, and the guy that she was talking to seemed very cold and stoic, but here's the thing. When he said, you know, if I arrest, a, if I arrest somebody for a DUI in America and they have the kid in their car, I'm going to be separating that guy from that man from his child the same way I'd be separating an immigrant from their child for uh, crossing the border illegally. And then she's like, well, legally, Siley's have committed no crime. It's like, no, they committed a crime, blah, 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 statue, statue, statue. They want to they wanna come, th- come through legally, they can come through the port of Siley's just the same way as everyone else does. And that's when she just shut her mouth because she knew. She was trying to play on emotion because it feels like they should be fine. So let's just make the law that way. That's not how laws work. You want to change the law, you need to change, you're a fucking politician, try to change the law, you know? That's basically what the guy was telling her. It's like, you want, I am doing my job following the letter of the law. You want to change the law, change the law, I'll enforce that law. That's what it really really comes down to. But she wants to make it seem like the law is unmerciful and all this shit. It's not about being unmerciful. Somebody along the way made that law so that if you're illegally crossing the border, because they need some type of border control or else you just get overrun and just flooded with uh, some uh, with other people. You know, you have to make sure that we don't have, especially since 9-11. A lot of people didn't live through that shit yet that's alive today. A lot of people don't remember it. 
I don't, like personally, I don't want someone just flying from the Middle East over to Mexico and then just slipping over the border with no problems whatsoever and they have like a small tactical nuke in their back pocket or in their, in their backpack and they just fucking place it somewhere in New York and then half of New York goes bye-bye. You know, it's like, you want that to happen? I mean, keep on letting people come through without having them get screened first because that's what you're going to get. There's reasons why there is there. I mean, should the process be as long as it is? Fuck no, it should be a lot faster if you want to be a citizen of the United States. But there's a reason there's a screening process. There's a reason there's a screening process. So, because we have people out there that just hate this country because they want to hate this country. And that ain't good either. But anyway... I rambled on about way too many subjects. So I am going to get off here for today. It was fun. It was a good time sink. Well, for me anyway, because like I said, driving to work every morning can be a pain in the, pain in the dick and it can be boring as fuck. So <clears throat> I am going to get out of here and you guys have a good day. Ugh. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And uh, like I said, I don't know what exactly happened with it. it. Must have been maybe the anchor overlords realized that I was trying to pull a fast one and put all my ads at the at my ads at the end of the every podcast. So I'm gonna start just starting the podcast with one. Probably gonna make a fancy little intro or something that I can put in before every thing, so it'll give an overview of what what I'm doing and then we're talking about for this podcast, and then it'll play the ad. And then I'll go into and just talk until it's done. Probably going to start doing that. Anyway, cheers. Have a good day. Be safe. Uh, party on, dudes. Moo, moo, motherfuckers. Whoop.